0: It's the it's the freeze dried creme brulee powder. It's like, <laughs> dude, powder. dude, say it's it just- wasn't great. Hello and welcome to episode one hundred and six of the Green Bay Outdoors Podcast. My name is Kyle. I'm AJ. I'm Ryan. Jeff isn't here today, but that's okay uh, because it's okay <laughs> but even so i was kind of laughing because when i was thinking about jeff not being here today it reminded me of this video i saw on michigan out of Doors, uh facebook shout out to them it was a very interesting video and it reminded me of a bunch of cool people with one weirdo mm-hmm. and that's what you know tied mm-hmm. jeff together but there was a trail cam video of all these coyotes running by and in the midst of the coyotes was just one dog Trotting with him like he is part of the group, part of the clan, not clan, and they're not he, clan. just a pet, yeah. Packed. Uh, part of the pack. He had a cow on, I believe. Don't quote me wow. on that, but I feel like he had a cow on, but for sure, a pet dog. Had no idea coyotes were so accepting. Brown in color, maybe there's like a hazing process, like what we do, where none of the coyotes in that group have a second left toe on their <laughs> painful, left foot. Painful, yeah, Painful. hey, you want it in, <laughs> yep. you want it yep. in, That's you want it true. in.
1: AJ took off, too, just to show his loyalty. You know always. how coyotes get all nasty and gross into the warmer weather, like, like you always say? Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. They're, well, they – like any dog, they – summer coat. So, well coat. that along with <laughs> um,
1: the more they're going in and out of their den – I learned this the other day. The more they're going in and out of their den, it's called den rub. So, that's w- good why you name. get the, the wear and tear spots um, oh. from coming in and out, in and out, in and out, rubbing on the walls. It, okay. it slowly peels the hair away. It's, like, narrow in there? Well, yeah. They're just crawling through a tiny hole into the ground, and, it, like, as they're getting out, the, the hair on their chest gets real, like, light because it's in the wintertime. They're not coming oh, in and out as much. They're scooting. Yeah.
0: I see. We got our little coyote, Inu, here today. Yeah. He's, like, yeah, he's, vicious. he's shoving up on my leg, like, you better be petting me. <laughs> um, Yeah, I, I also, when, it, when I was talking about it, because this is, like, a key point with coyote hunting... You're not really – like people don't really hunt them in the summer that much unless they're desperately just trying to get rid of them because their fur isn't as nice. It's like that January, February, March where their mating season, their fur is really, really, really thick. It's the it's the time of year when you really want to be hunting them because it's going to give the best yield as far as fur goes for utilizing it, uh, for making your bandanas mm-hmm. and your, you can... your loincloths and <laughs> no, you know, loin what, you know, that sort of deal. Um, but in Michigan, a lot of coyotes too – not to be confused with uh, denrub rub, um, nice. is mange, uh, which is a disease, and it Icky. like makes their fur like come off. There is nothing uglier than a bald cat. Yeah, like, <laughs> sorry, mm-hmm. he's growling at me because I didn't pet him. But there's nothing uglier than a bald cat. I, I, I don't, I don't but even. Want to touch are dogs. It. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I I'm just kidding. saying, like, a canine. bald coyote would be canine. gross, but nothing's worse than a bald cat.
2: I've never
1: felt one. Looks like a, a bald cat, Ball sack, a hairl- hairless cat I don't know about. that I've ever been around one. I haven't.
0: They look like balls. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Gross.
1: Mr. Biggles Um, so we had to bring Millie in. I know I, I brought this a up.
0: Millie, a Millie, a Millie. Um, this is <laughs> his dog. <laughs> this is our new, puppy. New pup. Yeah.
1: Um, and cause she had a, she was acting like she was dying.
0: She was sitting there. Underneath my desk, and she was going like she was doing the thing that animals do right when they're about to pass. She was like, head was getting heavy. And I'm like, yo, yo, I,
1: it hey, was uh, freaky. <laughs> I did not like it at all. So I brought her in, and turns out she just ate something that made her stomach upset, and she's dr- a dramatic dummy. Female dog. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: I, did they take her temperature by chance? They I watched Dr. Doolittle on the plane the other day and was like, oh, just swallowed it. We know what happens there. <laughs> they did. Swallowed it? Uh, the But just swallowed it. It's oh, from, okay, it's from okay, Dr. Okay. Doolittle. Like, I was going to say, because they didn't, you know, doctor. They I didn't lose it. I don't want to tell you your business, but I, I think, think he you may have lost your thermometer. thermometer. <laughs> he goes, oh, but just swallowed they did. it. She
1: did. I I feel bad. I have to like hold her, and she's <laughs> looking at me all sad, like, what is this? <laughs> Pretty sad. <laughs> 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 Anyhow, they test her blood sugar. They did an X-ray on her. All that stuff, and that's how they found out she had eaten something. I don't know what. I've been going through her poopies trying to figure it out, and I have no clue what she ate. Um, I had corn. Mine's a little (laughs) bit more obvious. You go through yours, too? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Daily. Um, But they also hydrated her, and when I got home, Jenna told me, who's my wife and a nurse, so that's how she knows about this stuff, that dogs don't to hydrate them you don't need to put an iv into their vein to hydrate them like humans Mm -hmm. you can just poke under their skin and it's called subcutaneous fluids so you can hydrate them subcutaneously where you're just putting slowly putting water in under their skin i was thinking about how lucky we are that dogs don't have you don't have to put it in a vein otherwise you'd have to knock them out so they don't sit there and pull it out so you can just put it they, – they usually do it in between their shoulder blades on their back. They pinch the skin. Pinch the skin, poke it in, yep. and then
0: hydrate them that way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I had to babysit the dogs next door uh, when I was a kid. They had two Yorkies, and one of them was diabetic. And mm-hmm. then pinching the skin behind the neck, you, like, did that, and that's where you had to give them his insulin. And, man, it never felt like you were either giving them enough – Or like, well, no. So I always gave him more. (laughs) It's like he needs it. No, it's like when you do it, it's like such a little amount. Yeah. And then like you put the needle in, and you're like, like, don't do it at an angle. It's got to go straight. It's got to this. And you're like, put it in. You're like, you good? Like I did, right? Yeah. Like like, and they're like, oh, and if you gave it to the wrong dog, and they look similar, it would kill it. So you gotta oh, my be really, gosh. It's really? like, yeah, it that wasn't a pleasant experience feeding them. They, they they were, they like uh We're
2: letting the kid next door, you doing it? Yeah. Well, Jeez. I mean,
0: better than one across the street. I'll tell you that one right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, no, they had uh, – um, they, like, fed them, like, these funny little disgusting meals with, like, chicken necks in it. I remember because they, like, would leave pieces of bone in there on purpose, like the chicken neck or whatever. It was, like, good for them, like, in their weird – you know, diet of like yeah. expensive things, and it was like all flex meals. It's like in this, pla- yeah, it's in like this plastic wrap. And I remember like when they get the bone because they would eat as soon as you put it down, they're like, Yeah, and they're like <laughs> working on the neck, and it was just so weird. Well, but healthy lifestyle, I guess, yeah. I, I but yeah, well, he's diabetic, you understand. <laughs> <what>? Yeah, he <laughs> yeah. diabetic yeah. dogs. Yeah. So. I, I remember diabetics. when I gave it, I could do the same thing when I give Isaac his, though. <laughs> I'll grab by the pinch of the neck, and he I goes, Yeah. <laughs> <goes, laughs> <laughs> But it just never feels. It's just such a small amount. You're like, no way. That's no way. That's impactful. Well, <laughs> yeah. now now it makes
1: more sense. Why when your dog comes back after they do like she her back was all wet. I'm like, no. Now I get it. They're hydrating her, and uh, oh. I just thought
0: that was the most wild thing that they could become hydrated like that. We had this. We had this kid in my high school. Uh, his name is Alex Gar. And uh, I've talked about – I don't think I've ever actually talked about him on the podcast. I don't think he so. He was in our one of our main friend groups. So our elementary school friend group kind of stuck together all the way through high school. We acquired some from one other school because there's four elementary schools that fed into the middle school. But for the most part, it was like this really solid group, and he was one of our best friends growing up. Um, everyone lived in the same neighborhood. You rode bicycles to everybody's house, classic stuff that, you know, kids don't do anymore. <laughs> Anyhow, this kid – had the worst luck on the face of the earth Which stinks because he was also the world's Nicest human being um, He just was so happy And always wanted good for everyone else But this kid could not catch a break He got brain cancer like seven times I He was always in surgery He was always just getting out of surgery And like He just kept getting messed up more and more. And then Steven Lerchenfeld's dog bit him in the face when we were kids. So then he had scarring on his face his entire life because of that. And then one of the times they took him in to the doctors, they put an IV in him, and they missed the, the vein. And they didn't pay attention and left him. And his hand swelled up like the size of a basketball, huge. And then it was never right again. And then, like, slowly one of the sides of his body wasn't working that well, so he's kind of dragging a foot, and then he had Jeez. more brain cancer, and then he had another surgery, and he ended up passing away uh, when we were something like 25 or 26, and it was heartbreaking um, because he was the nicest guy ever, but he just got dealt a that bad sucks. hand. Yeah, I kind of miss him. But It's called infiltration, Jenna told me. What? The, where the, What happened to him? Yeah,
1: like when it's <laughs> not being fed into your blood. Yeah, and it's just being like going Pumped somewhere into else, nothing. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, apparently, I can really, really mess you up. That's what Jenna said. Jenna said it can it can kill you. You know the movies? Yeah, was, Lord knows everything was trying to this poor yeah, kid. No uh. doubt. Um, another thing, isn't it something that you see in movies? That are like this syringe has air in it, and if I put this air in yep. your bloodstream, it'll get to your heart and kill you in two seconds. And the person's like in a coma, like <laughs> You know yep. what I mean? Yeah. Is that real?
1: It is real. It's funny that you're saying that because I just had it's a conversation. Very Hollywood. It it what well, is real? It is real. So, but they oversaturate it. So the length, if like, I'm remembering you know, probably, you know they have like the bag up on the hook and mm-hmm. then the length of the, the that's like a standard size, and it's a little bit shorter than the amount of air that it would take to kill you. Oh, okay. So that's like like the amount of air that it would take for you to need in your body. For it's like becomes like a bad, bad thing, which is a lot of air being pumped into you. But if it's in a needle. Not in the movie. <laughs> but if it's in the needle, it's your body just observes it relatively quickly. Okay. So, so that's. So well, James Bond uh, would
0: disagree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they would. Mean, would.
1: Meanwhile, what was
0: in the needle was like arsenic. Yeah. <laughs> <insane death. laughs> That'd do it too, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it would show up in the scans. Yeah. Yeah. One of the topics I feel like we've been avoiding has been like, we've been on these trips and everyone's talking about it on social media and we're posting these videos and stuff, but on the podcast, we've like completely (laughs) stayed away from the topic of uh, the trips we've been on. So I just kind of want to do like a little bit of a recap and some of my favorite moments from it to let people kind of know what to expect with the History Channel series as well.
2: We were gone for a long time, so.
0: We haven't been back in ages. I barely know what my bed feels like. Yep.
2: (laughs) With all this travel, you can just tell, you can, you experience how quick a month goes by.
0: Yeah. It's, it's actually getting a little out of hand. I don't like it because it's, it's, I'm like, well, lot. no, I got to get all this done. Yeah. Can I have March back? I didn't get March. I didn't get a March. We didn't get March, no. No, that wasn't a thing in, for us. What's in the beginning in the February. of June? Something. The <laughs> beginning of June, we will be uh, in Yankton, South Dakota. Oh, that's right. Fishing for Asian. I only know this because I booked the Airbnb yesterday, which, by the way, we got two really good ones. The Airbnb in South Dakota Has a a really big bathtub with a TV overlooking a huge, uh, overlooking the river. Okay. Is that Crofton? I don't know. It's actually in Nebraska. We're on the other side of the river from where we're fishing. Nebraska. So we'll go
1: back to, we can go do my golf course. No.
0: (laughs) It's a good golf course. You guys will be
1: thoroughly impressed by it. I would golf. We're driving, anyways. That's true. Guys, this golf, if they. Maintained it This golf you're, course you're is not wild. getting we, for free so. We could literally bring I bet I cl- could <laughs> I know <laughs> I know the pro, Brian
2: Yeah, you know the inmates too We could actually bring
1: They're not nice to them
0: We could bring the clubs Yeah, I don't see why not Yeah We actually could I, I'd like to Because we've got the It's called Tatanka We're going to be taking a boat
1: <laughs> For real It's, it's my, called Tatanka Golf Course no. Nice swing's good
0: I haven't been there <laughs> I know that <laughs> Ryan used to have a job Where he used to help build golf courses With his daddy Yeah That's the whole story Yep. But uh um, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> one, <laughs> one of the trips that we went on recently and an episode that has stressed us out more than all others yes. was Python hunting in the Everglades. We went to Well, we went on our first trip there to film and we took Dustin from Bass Pro. Mm-hmm. I will say this now. Hopefully Dustin doesn't hear this, but I was and this will probably piss people off. But I'm pretty sure uh-huh. I had COVID. But I was sicker than hell the first three days that we were there. In we had a um our dogs yelling for no reason. No one gets cold he goes, Ah, I I believe I did, but I had a a fever the first two days we were out there filming, and I felt god awful. And on top of that, we had just gotten those new mics, and I fell in the water, Ugh. and ruined one of the new mics, which was also, really, because they they're like, they're not cheap. Nine, no, nine hundred plus, plus the actual mic. Plus the mic was another what four or five hundred. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's like it plus the good. batteries are not cheap. No, <laughs> two, two pack is fifty three dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's it it was a little bit of a bite. But while we're there, the problem was we we're, we're deciding that while they say there is about two hundred fifty thousand to three hundred thousand oh, to one hundred fifty thousand, yeah. no one really knows how many pythons are in the Everglades. But they think around a quarter million seems to be the normal number that everyone's saying. And for a long time, basically two species per week were going extinct. And the only reason why that number has slowed down in the Everglades, the only reason why that number has slowed down is because, because they're, they're running gone. out of species. <laughs> yes. 99% of every creature with fur in the Everglades is now gone, mm-hmm. eaten, devoured by pythons. And nice. that's, I, that's horrendous. Basically, what happened is you have people that have pets that kind of outgrow their cages and that sort of thing. They're letting them go. Also, there was a hurricane back in either the late nineties or early two thousands that there was a facility there that raised pythons, and I think it was Harvey, but I don't I don't remember. No, <laughs> Harvey, Harvey was, was like two years ago. Harvey it was, was not 20, Harvey twelve. What was it? Andrew? Maybe Andrew. I don't know. I I don't want to guess. I was a kid, even though I guessed twice. <laughs> but the point is, um, this facility they raised pythons there, and what happened was the hurricane wiped it out. Pythons got out. And then went into the Everglades And it was just a sanctuary for them They love the hot weather They yeah, love they the don't. moist weather There was plenty of game for them to eat Tons and tons of things for them to kill they reproduced They have breeding seasons now Like yes. literal breeding, breeding seasons balls. Breeding balls 50 of eggs pythons. per pythons. F- 50 to 100 eggs per python um, You know for females it's It's insane So they've just spilled out But that's the story that they tell you And we're seeing the effects of it. We're seeing far less species. We're seeing far less animals with fur. We're seeing far less all those things, like they're saying. But gosh darn it, is it hard to find these things? And you know, we we learned there's other shows out there too that like are completely circled and based around python hunting. And there's a few of them that are well, all of them are full of it. So here's the thing, basically. You watch these shows, and these people go out and catch three or four, seven, eight pythons in a day. They're just laying on top of garages. They're here. They're there. They're everywhere. Anytime you see that, it's not real.
2: It's the same snake. <laughs> it's this.
0: Yeah, they use the same snake over and over again. So all those YouTube channels that you're watching, other main TV shows, that sort of thing, where they're just showing tons and tons and tons of pythons. We're with two of the top-rated guides and, like, python hunters in the world. Two of the most highly rated, highly respected, well-known, documented, incredible python hunters that literally have been commissioned by the government to do this. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we had one day where we got nine, and we have never seen a day like that since. You're lucky. Most days you get none. Some days you can get one. Some days you'll get lucky and get two or three. But for the most part, you'll go three or four days before you get one. And maybe you'll get two or three at a time. But- it's very few and far yeah. between. Um, they're like, if you give it five or six days, you pretty much guarantee you're going to get one or two. You know, that's the I, real thing.
2: And I would believe that. So, I, we experienced it.
0: Yeah. Well, so yeah, we we did an episode on this back in the day, like season three ish. Yeah. You know, four or five years ago. Late, and, late 2018. Yeah. So yeah. So we did it back then, and when we were there, uh, we ended up getting two, but we were there for like seven or eight days. Mm-hmm. And the two that we got were back-to-back within minutes of each other. Doing it this time, we gave it like a full week, didn't get one, and then had to go back and give it another three days, and then finally got one Mm -hmm. and just got one. Now, the one we got was a good size. The thing was crazy, Um, and I'll leave those details for the episode itself. But I guess my point is that the point that I want to make about this was the thing about the python hunting that was so difficult was just covering that much land, it's a little sketchy because while I was wearing snake boots, like everything that you've ever been programmed to learn or your dog has been programmed to learn. You'll never see a dog go rolling around in leaves right off right next to a, you know, a, a riverbank or something like that because they sense that something could be in there that would bite them. And uh, I've been taught my whole life not to do specific things. Well, you're out there doing all those things to try and find one. You're doing your best to do that. Oh, yeah. The problem is. Python's least of your worries because there's like four or five other snakes in there that can just kill you. If they bite you. Actually kill you. Yeah, so that was, uh, um, that was a little nerve-wracking, and um, we ended up meeting, her name is Amy, so on her- the python huntress. The python huntress on Instagram. Super, super cool woman. Her husband's awesome, too. We actually went fishing with him, and they had us over for, to hang out at their house after, and they made us, uh, um, what was the fish? Uh, Oscar. Uh, Oscars. Oscar, so, which was They phenomenal. made fried Oscars.
1: They had like- Of the piranha family.
0: Yes, and they were good. Their teeth are in their way back of their throat, and uh, they do have teeth in the front. But they've got the um, teeth in the way back of their throat. But I was I was talking to my uncle Jim about him, and that that we ate Oscars is like I used to have an Oscar for a pet. Yeah. He's like, watch this YouTube video. He it's and it's like, Oscar <laughs> eats thirty minnows in under eighteen seconds or something. And the person drops these uh, minnows in the thing, and that thing is just like, boom, 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 just eating them. And then my dad used to have them as a kid, or not as a kid, actually, as an adult, in their first house. My mom and dad had, like, this huge aquarium built into the wall in the basement. Dang. And he said, like, all the other fish were, like, in the tank, and they lived in the tank. The Oscars and the piranhas watched outside the tank, and one of the piranhas (laughs) uh, didn't like my mom. When she would come down there, he'd try and splash her. He go to the top and like splash her and stuff like that, and really liked my dad. And they knew if they saw you, that meant food, and they get excited. And yeah, it wow. was like they're very like personable uh, fish, good eating too. No, eat um, very good. To describe them, if you've never seen one, I'm sure AJ will put one up on the screen for you. But if you've never, um, if you're just listening to the podcast, they do kind of look like a prana, But if I was to describe them, they look like a giant panfish, like a giant sunfish of some sort, with kind of like a mix of rock bassy feel to them. With a piranha f- mouth. Were they the ones
2: with the hard shell?
0: No. No, no that was Playco. Placosmus. Yeah, that that was a that was another thing we did.
1: Um Or they remind me of the peacock bass because they had the circle on their tail.
0: They do have the circles on their tail, yeah. It's
1: uh they're they're all black. The pattern's with a little snake
0: heady. Yeah, a little bit.
1: They're mo yeah. Real dark in color with an, an orange circle, like eyeball dot on there. Of be- kind of beautiful. Yeah, they're cool. Pretty popular uh, aquarium fish, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, the – the uh, sorry. As far as the aggression goes, we were casting – like, we were in the Everglades, and we were casting – well, not in the Everglades National Park, but we were in the Everglades, but we were casting running up along the bank, mm-hmm. and, like, we, we did, like, something like 20 casts and got 18 of them, and they were all, like, l- little footballs. Yeah,
1: yeah. The to, to go back to the Python thing, Amy, the Python Huntress, was saying that
0: no matter how many times I say Python Princess, it's Python Huntress. I, you do say Princess. It, well, the, the problem so is, funny. That, like, when some when a name gets stuck in my head, man, I just can't undo it. Yeah. it's like
1: you do it on purpose, though. So.
0: <laughs> oh man.
1: Um, she was saying that they were doing like a an audit on these Python Hunter Instagram accounts and. It's illegal there to transport pythons alive. So mm-hmm. they have to be dead to move them from place to place, understandably. And I right. don't
0: know that it was always that way, but I know for a fact now it is. I, I think she I said it was recent. I thought so too, but I want to stick – I don't want to – Yeah, that. I don't know. I think that's the case, but let's not say that is for sure the case. Um, yeah, I don't know.
1: But as of right now, you can't move them around. They did this audit on all these Instagrammers, and the pattern on a python is like a fingerprint where – this is what she was saying – where it's like – it, it's
0: no two are the same particular
1: to that snake Yep. that yep. snake has that pattern no two are the same and there is something like 200 photos or 200 accounts all with this same snake in different spots being caught which is someone's pet that they're just moving around and catching Yep.
0: <laughs> that's how those other shows are created too the problem is that's like highly illegal yeah not good not good and they don't want you transporting them around because they don't want idiots dumping pets out there. They don't want people transporting around. You're supposed to kill them. we got to get rid of them. Do we want to talk about the FWC? Well, the FWC wouldn't let me be Maybe. or let me be me, so let me see. They try to shut us down in Everglades right. TV. Dang. But, you know, it felt so empty without me, so nice. come on, get going. the snake and hit. Anyhow, okay. Right. the right. FWC, yes. So I don't even know if I told you the end of that, though. We, we had a, like, a recent phone call with them. Oh, they like, really? called me after. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So <clears throat> I have no problem kind of trashing them a little bit. The South Florida Water Management, they made our lives extremely difficult as far as getting licenses in there to film. Mm-hmm. They, they, It is very hard to get in. It's very, <laughs> very exclusive very, to get in. Very, difficult. And they made me get all of this insurance and have them listed on our insurance before they would even consider doing it. So. Business insurance isn't cheap. Liability insurance isn't cheap. None of this stuff is cheap. For the, especially for filming and production and all that stuff, in order to get the license in, licenses into film, they wanted to be listed as a, on our insurance. Which they're like, well, it shouldn't be a big deal. It is kind of a big deal because number one, you also want us to have insurance policies that are more than even our sponsors want us to have. So now we got to deal with all these new additions of stupidity. <laughs> We're getting like drone insurance in case AJ goes kamikaze with it. It's it's like a whole thing. And uh, so we go through that entire process. took two months to deal with them to finally get the approval, and they gave it to us when we were already on our way there. Well, you have to add them first, and then they'll
1: consider yeah. whether or not you're approved to go in to do yeah. it. Yeah.
0: You add us on all your insurance, pay all this money, do all these things, and then we'll decide whether you're allowed to go in there and film. I will say in the end I made friends with the lady. so She, I, she was very nice. I will give her the credit that it, it got done, and I'm appreciative of that. The four, uh, FWC, however— we tried to set up uh, filming with them and couldn't get any traction with them, couldn't get any traction with them. This person told me to talk to that person. That person told me to talk to this person. This person's on vacation. This one's – Which is ty- cra- crazy. Typical government job stuff. It, that It's crazy because you <laughs> did
1: – I I tried doing it, did the same thing. We both called the same number, and we both went like this in two different directions when we both tried it separately. I mean, we're the same,
0: you understand. Same company pitching the same stuff. It was crazy.
1: So, two different strings of nonsense.
0: We ended up getting one woman who ended up being really nice, who was going to help us and help track down all the right people for it and stuff. And we're like, okay, great. We've got some traction. We're going to be good. She sets us up. And then I try and call and follow up, try and call and follow up, try and call and follow up, tell them the dates, tell them the dates, tell them the dates. We go, come home. Two weeks later, they call and go, sorry, it's taking a song. Get back with you. So so what? what is it that you guys want to do? I'm oh like, we, we do And keep in mind- that wasn't trip one. That was trip two. We tried to get a hold of them for trip one where we failed. We were there a week, came home for two weeks, three weeks, then went back for a week, then came home again, and then two weeks later after that, that's when they returned the calls. And that's If that isn't government timing, I don't know what is. Meanwhile, we're trying to help these people. That's the thing. Keep that's all what's that annoying. in mind. That's what's annoying. It's like they don't owe us anything. The whole project is to
1: get people involved to help this so declared problem right they don't want anyone
0: to go do seemingly so we're trying to help you we're trying to publicize this and we're the only ones not bringing pet pythons out there and faking it or or moving the same snake around 50 times we're doing it with your people your way trying to highlight your work they're like yeah we're gonna need six months to think that one over you so it was was rough it was
2: rough that was like the first uh, experience with the with, uh, government where it just w- went sour real quick. Yeah. Personal.
0: Yeah. You know? Well, I just get mad because it's like we're it, trying to help you.
1: That and enough stress goes into producing each episode. Now you're going to have roadblocks. And and they're like not easy roadblocks. You We're pretty good about figuring stuff out on quickly. Mm-hmm. These were not quick fixes. These and working with them, well, I'll call you back next week. I'll do this. I'll do that. And it's all a week, a week, a week, a week, a week, a week. So much time goes into these episodes and they <laughs> did their absolute best to
0: make it difficult. Yeah. And then and they're like, Well, let us know when the episode's gonna air. We'd love to check it out. I'm <laughs> like, Lady, tune in. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're gonna roast you. Check our podcast. Yeah. How do they not know the difficulties they cause? They do know it's like, but they, they live to va- and but there's there's no, there's oh, no yeah. you because the, they get to make you fill this out and fill that yeah. out. Nope, I need to see this, and rules, this doesn't have this, rules. and this. And they just love it, dude. They, yeah, they soak do. in the moment, making so my life do. difficult. It, it, in
1: some sense, it's a little sad because the people you're dealing with, there's no incentive for them to help us. That's why it's so difficult. There's no, it's oh, not, yeah, you're there's not no working rush. with a business that's like, yeah, this benefits me and you. They look at it as, man, what a, like.
0: They, cause I, they don't I, I don't care about their job.
1: I don't, I, I, yeah, I don't receive any personal benefit from
0: this, so I don't care. Right, hundred percent, which is sad, hundred percent. But I, I do want to hit on one thing too. On um, again, it's her Instagram is Python Huntress. If you go there, so Amy, she goes out hunts pythons all the time, and then she actually tans the the skins. Mm-hmm. She has different colors, dyes them, and she has bracelets and um, they're really cool. I, I, uh, the what is the iWatch or um. Apple Watch. Apple, Apple Watch. Watch. She makes the bands for those out of genuine United States python, and it's all it's all made in the USA. They're really nice. Super super cool. So check any out any
2: color you want too I think
0: I got the coolest blue bracelet. Yeah, yeah, it's I'm really pumped. sweet. I know. I'm pumped about it. I'm I'm probably gonna get more stuff. I'd like to. It was well, really, I, really awesome. Well, the other thing is you know I want it's the re- black one. From dyed her, black. From her, you know it's real. Yeah, right. So then there, there's that benefit because a lot of like leather and python and things like that, you never know what's real and what's not. But mm-hmm. she does it all herself, so pretty yeah, cool.
1: She's she was great.
0: Check that out. But the episode itself was fantastic. I I, I the build up to it, the stories, the the people. We had Tom Rahill out there um, from the the Swamp Apes. Um, just this, yeah.
2: We spent a lot of time. Yeah, yes, we spent a lot of time in Florida. You're wearing his watch band or his. Uh,
0: oh, I'm like, what a minute! What are you saying? Uh, Iwa, what is Iwa? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Enhance. Oh, I, I forget. Endure, that.
0: evolve, no. achieve. Yeah. Yeah. That's,
1: That's his chant. But uh um
0: <laughs> Tom Rahil, wonderful, wonderful human being. And uh we he's gonna be in the episode with us. He does a lot of great work. Doing
1: it for a long, long and, time.
0: Uh, he he knows how to live, breathe, and sleep the Python. So it it it's a cool episode. I think you guys will dig it. From the adventure standpoint, it's awesome. Ryan loses a limb, and uh, you know you'll have to check that one out. Mm-hmm.
2: Trust isn't built in a day. It's built over time.
1: The early hours and the late nights. It's built by doing the work and pushing the limits every day. Because the promises we make are the
0: promises we were built to keep. The Greenway Outdoors is brought to you by Ram Trucks, built to serve. Motor Trend's Truck of the Year for the third year in a row. And by Bass Pro Shop and Cabela's. Your adventure starts here. Tracker Boats, fish the finest. And by these other fine sponsors.
1: Well, on the subject of Florida, we also did our uh, our, uh, Sea-Doo episode in the 10,000 islands of Florida. 10,000 islands. <laughs> Which
0: one? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which is always the question. And there's actually not 10,000. There's more like 14,000, I think they say. Okay. But it's the hidden gem of Florida. It was beautiful. We did the camping survival. I mean, we could. We had everything we ever needed to survive for. We ate creme brulee. So. We did eat creme brulee. Freeze-dried <laughs> <So> creme brulee. It <laughs> so was so good, dude. It w- I, I've never done anything like that in my life. And... We found an island out there through the recommendation of some locals yep. and went there on our seadoos, scoped it out, put up our hammocks, and, dude, it was the best. It was as close to winging it as we've done, I think. I, just da- for sure we Dangerously it. winging it. I will say, just hacking for- all the camera equipment <coughs> on the back of a seadoo, hoping for the best. Oh.
0: Hoping for the best. One, one, <laughs> one, uh, one point just for those of you who don't know, the 10,000 Islands- think the southwest corner mm-hmm. which is on the the Gulf side southwest corner of Florida and down there is what's called Evergl- Everglade City mm-hmm. if you're looking for it on a map where you want something that you might understand a little better you've got Naples and then below Naples you have Marco Island mm-hmm. and then below Marco Island Marco kind of comes out um, into the water a ways and then it kind of creates a cove. And underneath that, and then tucked all the way down towards Everglade City, and then well past that, you have this area called Ten Thousand Islands. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the area that we are in. Um, what's like Ryan was saying, and AJ said too, is you know we were kind of winging it for this episode. We wanted to go someplace where we could go out fish, actually catch fish, knowing we didn't know much about saltwater fishing. Do it on Sea-Doo's, but also then just kinda catch and cook and survive and just kinda yeah. kinda be able to camp out and just kinda have that experience, which creates its own level of frustrations and difficulties because number one, we didn't want to go with a guide. Number two, we don't know salt water. Don't know saltwater that much. Number three <laughs> is it salty? Number three problem was the fact that we camera equipment. Getting camera equipment out there, dealing with batteries and S D cards. And being able to be out there, genuinely film, genuinely do what we were saying we were doing in the show and not just going in every night. Right. Um, and then also getting out there is not easy. So you're getting out there on sea with all the camera equipment and all the stuff. Then once you're out there, you're stuck there because as soon as it's dark, you can't ride sea anymore.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: yeah so right. it's
0: like you're there now.
1: So this is where you're going to be. And it was like we've never been put in the position – AJ and I have never been put in the position where with filming we have to be like very – picky and choosy with when you're turning your camera on and what you're filming where usually it's like we go back to, yeah, it was
2: kind of like shooting on real film, you know, like you only have so So much much film. Yeah. Yeah. It it was, can't clear anything.
1: It was fun, but also not fun in that aspect where you're standing over water the whole time. Mm -hmm. And also with catching fish, you want to catch the fish on camera. So, while fishing you have to kind of keep the camera on and running the whole time that was tough
0: that was tough to navigate but we did it it was super tough it, in the sense of basically too is like we had to kind of scope everything out and assess what was going on so we get out there the first day and we started off by just going to a local bait shop and being like hey mm-hmm. we oh, don't man. know we That's don't true. know nothing about nobody can you at least point us in the right direction and they kind of were like yeah if you go you're going to want to use this for bait they're kind of doing this this is what people are catching this is kind of what you look for they were kind of helpful but it was just kind of a mass of opinions and our biggest fear was not getting lost so the 10,000 islands it used to be used for the drug trades where they would cuz you could get lost in there everything looks the same there's 10,000 of the same damn thing everything looks the same it was crazy everything yeah. looks fishy everything looks the same so people would go out and they would have these the drug smuggling shacks and stuff out there and if you didn't know your way around you weren't getting around Mm-mm. so our biggest assessment was like where do we go and what do we do and how do we make sure we don't get lost? So that was, like, one of our big things. We did uh, – um, we go to the bait shop, grab the bait. We go out for, like, a, a test trial day. AJ and Ryan went off to go try and figure out where would be a good idea for us to camp the next day. And I went out to try and go out and find fish. Yep. Um, consequently, all I did was I just bounced around stuff I had seen on YouTube, like doing different tactics like that. And then I ended up finding a group of boats – and a bunch of crab traps, like, in this area, in this stretch inside 10,000 Islands. And I was like, okay, what makes this area significant? And when I pulled up to the, you know, near these people, number one, they hate you because you're on a sea dew, and number two, although they're interested because it's a fishing vessel, and number two, they're like, you know, they're a charter service, so they're not looking to give anybody any tips. Yeah, right. So I was kind of watching what they were doing from a distance, and then I, like, when they left, I went over and assessed, what the depth was of water that they were in, and they were all in like nineteen, twenty foot of water. Almost everywhere else we went, it was like something like five foot, six foot, shallow as hell, maybe ten foot at some places. And then in low tide, no foot, <laughs> you know, footless. <laughs> so yeah. that which is also the
1: scary part of navigating the Ten Thousand Islands is like, if you're not near the ocean, if you get deep in there, you might get stuck back there because once the tide goes out, see, ya. it's just
0: the the the. Um, oyster bars are just trapping you in there's so, no way around it I, and the, the first day when we did this when I was bouncing around, it's so crazy too is like you see I was looking at two different thunderstorms, but it was sunny where I was mm-hmm. you know, but you can see so far and you just never know when they're gonna blow your way and this sort of thing and one did end up blowing my way and I was going up and I was like going back deeper to tr- try and find pools because what I read was in the 10,000 islands is if you can find like little deep pools. Fish will go in there and they'll stay in there and then even through low tide and high tide they can hang out. So I'm looking for that and I am not seeing it whatsoever and it was like three foot of water, which is very common, two foot of water, very common, but then it was no foot of water and I didn't, (laughs) it was like probably a foot, but I didn't see and there was a oyster bar there and I went right on top of it and I was like, oh yeah, because number one, I'm scared to death that I maybe hurt the sea dew that isn't ours and number two, I'm like, how am I going to get off of this? So then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to take off my shoes because I don't want my shoes to get all wet. I'm going to have to get out and push. And then I was like, but I don't know how sharp those are. Mm-mm. So I'm just going to reach down with my foot and feel it. And I just tapped it with my toe and was like, oh, that's the sharpest thing I've ever felt. There's that's knives down razors. there. razors. So then I got uh, our uh, ego fishing net, and thank goodness those things are freaking durable. <laughs> I, I stretched it out, put it in the water, and I'm like wedging it against the oyster bar, and I'm trying to bounce and get the CD1 stuck. And it ended up working. It ended up working, but he, I ch- he, he, I ch- he
1: comes back to shore. He, we, we meet rendezvous back
0: up, and the foam <laughs> around the handle is, like, just shredded. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it's like, that's my bad. I own that. Um, but, I mean, it could I Do what you got to do. It, it, the, the water was brown. Like, you couldn't. It was like chocolate mm-hmm. milk. So, you weren't seeing. So, it's like, you just didn't know. And if you didn't know the oyster bar was there, there no so it's a surprise, Shorty. Um, so, then I ended up bouncing around and going to a spot where, Um, And I forgot the name of this fish. It's a type of kingfish. I can't remember. Something. It's called like south kingfish. Hold on. Southern Southern kingfish. The southern kingfish. When I saw it, I was like, that thing looks a lot like a redfish. But I've never seen a redfish with a thing underneath their lip. And this one doesn't have a spot. But it might be a redfish. And if it's not a redfish, it's not big enough to keep. So I think I better let it go. And then, dude, there's nothing worse than coming in. And um, like reading about it because you're like, <laughs> it's so funny. Well, what I was like, well, I don't think you could eat it. So I look and the ones I was catching were like 14 to 16 inches. And uh, I was like, when I got in, I was like trying to figure out what it was. And sure as shit, I find it. And it's got that thing on the chin, no spot. And I'm like, oh, dang. Okay. Well, kingfish aren't really always that good. Uh, well, th- these are also known as whiting. And that I had heard of. And that I knew you could eat. And then I, I read the thing and it was like, if you've been to a restaurant and had whitefish, <laughs> you're probably eating whiting. One of the best-eating fish ever, no size limit, know this, <laughs> know that, keep as long as you want. If you ever throw one away, you're an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> basically. So I catch the first, I let him go, but I didn't know this yet. And then I ended up, then it was like I caught four or five of them. Damn. You know, and, and it was so funny because, so we, we get back to the boat launch. I still don't know this little piece of information about how good they are yet. I get back, and there's a few guys hanging out at the boat launch. And there's a few guys there. And they're all just kind of chilling at the boat launch. And when we pulled our cedar out, they're like, man, that's nice. Can I look at that? And they come over. And I was like, yeah, check it out. No big deal. And uh, it turns out that all three of them run these guide services that compete with each other. But they're like sea dude tour guide services. And And they're all friends, too. And they're all friends. But they they should be competitors, but they're not. They're just friends. And uh, they were waiting for people that were out on tours to come back in. So they were out riding around on the Sea-Dews, and then they come back in, and they pick up the Sea-Dews and go. And I ended up becoming, like, best friends with these guys. I showed them the picture of it, and they're like, oh, yeah. And he said, he goes, if you get one, you can normally get a bunch, but finding those things is so hard. I mean, if you get on those, Thank you're you. in luck. And I'm like, oh, geez." So funny. And the fact that he was saying you're in luck, I was like, I wonder if they're still good eating. though." No, so later on, when I Googled that, I figured that out. But the guys that we met back at the boat launch, they were so, so cool. And they're like, it's funny too, because Asia and I
1: were together and when we rolled up, I'm like, what the hell is this? Cause I was w- surrounded by people. Well, yeah. the way that <laughs> you were surrounded by people and you were loading up the sea and the way they were like looking at the stuff and like the way, like from a distance, the interaction was happening. I thought they were giving you a hard time mm-hmm. and I'm like, like speed go, it up, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, you Which know, like the, the quite often. boat ramp riff. Yeah. And thankfully that wasn't the case. They were the nicest people. Were you ever. like shouting something? You guys walked up like you were like... No, I shouted something. Why did I... <laughs> you did. I oh, remember. I think you might have been referencing us. I was like, I don't know you.
0: I don't know you. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. But you walked up, you walked up and I, I can tell we you were assessing to figure out if I needed help to get out of the situation, yeah. and yep. someone had me cornered, yep. or if I enjoyed this conversation. Yep. Yeah. And it's funny, because we have this look that we give each other, because when we go places, I end up getting cornered, and then we lose half a day, yeah uh, but... <laughs> I'll, I'll like hint like no no good people good people and then Ryan like biggest
1: weakness is homeless people yeah
0: <laughs> right, I'll give them anything here, they need here's my bank account for <laughs> me <sure>. oh my <laughs> God. they might need it um so anyhow the, <laughs> the 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 guys we end up talking to they run these tour guide services and he's like listen man Avi was the main guy that we we're talking to him. he's like I know where to take you where you're gonna see things that nobody's ever seen before I know everything there is to know about here I know the Ten Thousand Islands like the back of my hand. We're going to take you guys out and show you. Uh, he called them Indian mounts is what he kept sent, referencing them as. Ancient Indian mounts. Indian mounts. So the guy takes me <laughs> down to the water immediately Dismal while key. we're there. He takes me down there, and he's like, look it. And he digs past the dirt just a little bit, and this is just where we're standing by the boat launch. And he's like, you see all those shells? And I was like, yeah. He goes, digs deeper. He goes, all shells, right? I go, yeah. He goes, do you know how tall this the the, the water line is here or the um, – I guess the uh, flood height. Flood height is here? I go, no. He goes, 11 feet. And I'm using an accent not to be rude, but to. it's just when I think of Israel. Avi, I say it in his – Yeah, he's from Israel. I say it in his accent, but he's like, it's 11 feet. Well, it turns out that in Florida, in order to get into like flood insurance, your home has to be like 11 foot above sea level. Because that's like the magic number as far as like hurricanes go, as far as like high tides go, as far as floods go. 11 foot is the magic number. He goes, do you know how they determine that? I said, how? He goes, well, the Native Americans in this area, when they would stay at these islands, they lived in these islands. So what they would do is they would take the oyster shells and they would stack them and stack them and stack them and stack them. And that's how the islands are made. Not all of them, but the ones that they lived on. So the ones that they live on – Have these, because basically what was happening is the Native Americans that lived there, all their shit was being taken, you know, every time there was a bad uh, bad flood or a tide or a hurricane or anything like that. So they're like, we need to, they figured out back then that 11 foot was the magic number, and we still use it today for insurance, which is kind of cool.
2: I do like that part of that. It's really crazy.
0: But they would take, and he said the one island that we were on, he said it took probably 500 years to make so imagine being like born like somewhere around year three hundred, and you're like, you see, we made progress. Like you know, are we like, done yet? But I'll will t- tell you what, your net, your great grandkids aren't because your life expectancy is like thirty years. Your great grandkids won't even see this, but eventually, this will be an island that everyone lives on. You still got a foot. Yeah, keep working. <laughs> yeah, and they would have to go by bucket, bucket after bucket after bucket, just dumping shells in order to make the place taller, which is pretty fascinating. fascinating. It is, it is also the fish traps. Oh yeah, so that was another thing that Avi showed us too. Is so we roll up on this fish trap, and this is gonna be in the actual show. And so is some of the other really cool things. I don't even want to spoil necessarily uh, yeah. the cool he, things that Avi showed he, us.
1: He showed us quite a few different things
0: that were. Just... We got to see an old drug shack. We got to see. Oh, yeah. You're ruining it. No, just Shh. that. But there's cool things that are gonna be in the actual TV show that he showed us that nobody gets to see. It was so cool, and the stories behind them were incredible. But anyhow, guy takes us, and we go out and. Uh, um, what was I talking about? I lost fish my trap. Head. The fish trap, yeah. So, just like the islands were built up using oyster shells, there was a big re- U, basically, or almost a completely, almost a complete circle, almost a complete ring, but with a hole in it, made yeah. in the water. So they imagine it's about a hundred yards across, hundred hundred yards diameter circle. We'll say okay, and it's in the zone that floods, and also. Um, you know, low tide tide or yeah, it's in the tide. So it could be completely dry land. It could be 10 foot of water and everywhere in between, just depending on what part of the day it is. Mm -hmm. So what the native Americans would do is they would use this giant ring and there would be like a, what you would call a door or a hole in the, in the ring, in the circle. And what they would do is they would stand at that hole and they would cast shells into the hole and run them up into the circle and what that would do is it would make the fish think it was minnows. So they would follow them into the circle. So now they're all going into this big, giant circle. And at high tide, once they had a bunch of fish in.
1: And if you don't know oyster se- shells, which are everywhere there, because they make their islands, they're like a highly iridescent, glimmery shell on the inside. Good words. Um, yeah. <laughs> thank you. So they would, ca- as you were saying, cast. Yeah, and I'm trying to oh, art- that's right. I'm that's trying to like, articulate this well.
0: If you're listening to the podcast, you can or uh, you, you know, you're going to have to take my word for it, but if you're watching it, you're probably seeing at least what this looked like at some point. But it's a giant circle and there's this little opening and then they're casting stuff into the opening and the hope is that the fish will swim into the the circle. And if they swim in there, they wait until high tide and they'll put a door in a blocker, so the fish can't get back out. The tide will recede, and there'll be dry land, and the fish couldn't get out of the trap, so they're all just on dry land. And then the people would go in and scoop them all up, and now they got their fish. Um, And that was how they would catch tons of fish fast, and it would work efficiently. The thing is probably over 500 years since it's been used, and it's still there today. And a a little TLC, and we could have that thing in full operation inside of of two hours.
1: It it was really strange to be standing on, like, like this is it? Like someone built this right here. But you, but and
0: survived. You could drive past it every day and not know that that's what it was. Though no, you would think you it know, was just s- some normal island because there are so many islands. So you just think <laughs> it's 000. like a, yeah. Uh, well, more than that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was really fascinating to see in person and just to have like that call back to like the native. If you knew where to look and how to look, there is like so much Native American history all under your feet. But yeah. people just don't even know, and people don't go to Ten Thousand Islands because I don't know why. I just you kind of have to be in a survival mode or a touristy mode to really get into it, because it's yeah. an all-day affair no matter what you do. Yeah, yeah, or a few-day affair if you're us. Yeah, <laughs>
1: I also I, the other fact that I really enjoyed this one stood out to me, and uh, I thought it was fascinating for whatever reason was the mangroves. Avi kept saying, like, oh, "Every yeah. every one in thirty, every one in 30 – Leaves on a mangrove is yellow because what it will do is push the the salt from the roots all the way up into that leaf, and that leaf turns yellow and poop falls off, and that's how it's cl- cleaning out its system. It's like taking a poop.
2: Yeah, essentially. And, that's a good point. And
1: cleaning itself out of any nasties is that yellow. So you'll leaf. see them in the water. Yeah, they're everywhere,
0: and it makes perfect sense. Because the mangroves are subjected to salt water all the time because these mangrove trees are all over the islands. And like Ryan said, if the salt water gets into where they're getting their fresh water from, which happens all the time, they'll get that salt in the root system, and the tree knows it's got to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. So it sends it all to a direct leaf. But it also, uh, that that is how it gets rid of about 10 to 20% of its salt. The rest of it actually comes out in... What looks like little chicken pox all over the tree, mm-hmm. which is actually like little pores that it actually allows the salt to go out. So like there's these little bumps all over the tree, like and if you were to scratch them with a knife, it's all salt. Oh, so they that. they sweat it out through there, and then they burn the rest out through the leaves. And I, I think whatever they can't get out through the the pores is what they get out through the leaf. So that's the remaining so stuff it, that it, they weren't able. To, that's the remaining stuff they weren't able to get rid of. Interesting.
1: And he was saying, oh, I wish I could remember better. Good thing we film everything. Um, <laughs> it's gonna be a TV show. You understand? <laughs> it, it was what? It was the
0: red mangrove and black mangrove. There was a lot. I don't remember all of the different colors. Because he was saying that man was spitting out facts from the second. He was crazy. Th- it yeah. was like an encyclopedia. Um, It'll help me with my voiceovers because I'll just go back and watch all the footage. Shoot, there was
1: two different types of mangrove, and they survived differently in that sense. Do you remember? It was on. I re- don't
0: remember though. I only remember that specific one.
1: Okay. Yeah, I, I only remember the yellow leaf thing. I
0: think we might have been separated when he was explaining that. I d- I do also know that those mangroves they're uh, a green all year tree, so they don't have a season, season where they have a fall or uh, you know like where trees shed their leaves or anything like that. The only way they shed them is through this salt mutilation thing. <laughs> mutilation. Salt depot. S- yeah. Salt pooping. <laughs> yeah, they're little salt poops. So, yeah, then uh, um, you guys had a successful day out there the first day picking out the island. I had a successful day, the most successful day of the trip, actually, catching fish <laughs> when we weren't filming it. And then uh, you guys went out and uh, um, found the right island and decided where we were going to go. And then we were supposed to tent and camp, and then we completely changed our minds to go hammocks, which – I didn't really enjoy sleeping in a hammock because I got sunken in, so I was kind of like getting crouched in the middle kind of thing, but I did like the pack up and the the ease of that because a tent would have had sand all in it. Would have been a a way to go. Yeah. would deal with it. It was just so much easier to just put up a hammock, get in it, and call it a day, Mm -hmm. and it had little mosquito nets.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The ones we found were great.
0: Something happened at night. I sleep So I wish I would have. You guys didn't take me seriously because I sleep talk, but I was awake. Uh, Dude it was the, I remember that I'm like what the hell Is he going on about there was a, It was in the middle of the night There was something So we're in an island And we are very secluded We are 26 miles From the closest town That we can actually see In the distance <laughs> yeah, But we are seeing like The tops of the buildings On the horizon Yeah the resorts and stuff Like 26 miles away though So you're in the you're in the, the janky You're in the dark You are alone You are alone there Very is no, dark it, There's no one around It's so dark The stars are so beautiful Some of the pictures we took Are just so magical Everything's great As much as you didn't Want me to take them I know they're all ruined Because I'm like I'm like Hi Ryan You like, kept
1: going like the, I, You have to turn the exposure On for a while To get all the stars And he keeps shining The flashlight I'm like stop looking And then he'd look again Stop looking And then he'd look again Stop looking And he's shining this Bright ass flashlight Just ruining every picture Said I was like, sorry. Like, oh, sorry, that's sorry. what you were saying. Oh, they do turn out cool. I thought
0: he was being funny that he had a poop. I was like, I'm gonna watch. <laughs> I, was like, I have to. Um, there could be bears out here, uh, but uh, yeah, it was like we were so secluded. So it's the middle of the night, and I wake up every 20 minutes. But I woke up and there was a there was like a light, and I it was like a spotlight coming off a boat or the end of the shore. But then I in the morning I figured out where it was coming from. It had to be from a boat. Okay. So there was a boat out there with a spotlight going off, and it was hitting our island. And I'm like, it's getting kind of close to like where we're sleeping, and like, I'm like, I don't know, what what happens when they shine the light and they see us? Right. What are they gonna do? I don't know what they're gonna do. You know what they're gonna do? I don't know why a boat's doing that. Yeah. pirates. It's three in the morning. Well, that was the other thing, and I, I could not get you guys to care. No. No. <laughs> You're like, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, I go, I what's up, that? I'm, I'm, <laughs> flashlight. I'm coming out of a they're dead They're coming sleep. for us. I'm looking
1: <laughs> over the edge of my hammock.
0: <laughs> I'm like, good. I He's hope. Like, help, help. I'm like, good. I hope we die. Oh I think that's the gosh. last thing I said before I <laughs> drifted <laughs> off to sleep. I was already For back to minutes. sleep. And then it was like 6 a.m. And then you guys kind of got up early. You guys got up at like 7. And I was like, okay, now I can sleep. I, I don't started- know how
1: you were sleeping as late as you did. The sun beating on us,
0: it was hot. In I didn't manic- sleep the whole night. You didn't hear.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I just. Oh, I did hear.
0: You're yelling at me. <laughs> Look at. Um, But those are just those adventures, though, that we'll always remember and have. And in the moment, they were actually a lot of work, getting the fire set up, getting the food set up. We ended up trying, for what it's worth, I think it was Mountain House. I think it's – is that the – I don't remember. Mountain. Yeah, whatever. We tried the creme brulee. (laughs) It's the the freeze-dried creme brulee. Powder. It's like, (laughs) dude, dude, say it it wasn't great. It should be half the size of what it was, though. I'll I'll say that. I ate mine and Ryan's. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I I enjoyed calories. it more than I thought I would. I told I'm like this. This is the greatest dessert I've ever had in my life. I yeah, but cold. if it's got sugar in it, you say it's the greatest. But that was the greatest. I'm still saying it. I've had three things with sugar. You, since you, then. I could pull a SpongeBob ice cream out and you'd you say try it's the some greatest. Flan. Only 90 calories. You can't not eat them. And the point good is, <laughs> the, the point is, the creme brulee was fantastic. It was
1: good. I and, felt, then, and then the the. Stuff you put on top It's a nice island treat Oh my gosh
0: Wasn't it With we L- a little bit of grit And sand mixed in There was so, sand in everything We ate for three days Yeah yeah. We were only there two But three days We had sand in everything
1: Yeah it follows you Followed Even, us all the way
0: Back to Michigan I cooked I cooked <laughs> it's so annoying I was walking And I was holding The fish fillets And uh, I was so proud I didn't get sand on them Because you're not supposed To rinse freshwater fillets Saltwater so, Saltwater fillets With fresh water You're not supposed To rinse saltwater Fish With fresh water because it messes with the texture or something. So I was all proud that I cleaned them, and I'm walking back, and I'm like, "All right, I didn't have to rinse them." I'm walking to the fire, and I didn't realize my shoe was lightly kicking up sand, and I was lightly kicking up sand on the fillets. And then I had to rinse them off, and then we like deep fried them on the beach. But then like in the show, I'm just eating it, and it did taste good. It was good. It was very good. But there was sand in it. (laughs) There was sand in it. There was. There was sand in it. I mean, it's impossible not
1: to get. Yeah, sand on it. It's a different thing.
0: crunch when it's sand, is Oh, it? it's like bone. It's not great. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. It's uh, not a good thing when it happens. But no. the fish itself is really good. Great. But as far as like the the episode goes, it's a lot of adventure. It's a lot of really unique treasures that we got to see out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and for you the viewer, you get to see it without getting covered in mosquito bites, which is a big win. Yeah.
2: And like I've told a couple people about our adventure since we've been back and I get the same thing of like, "Oh my gosh, I could never do that. That just you were out there all along. What if something would have happened? I don't know, what if, <laughs> but I'm still here so it didn't." So and, and have, you have a cool exactly. life experience forever. So Hermit, so you, her, keep hermiting.
0: Yeah, permitting. I, yeah, exactly. We had knives. Yeah, I don't know. We've
1: been dead from that spot. <laughs> I know. My that favorite thing is killed us. I was
0: pitching Ryan to bring his handgun. He goes, "I'm not doing that. I'm not getting sand in it." I'm like, "But what if we do need it?" <laughs> You're like, "I'm not ruining it." <laughs> I, I was more worried about the saltwater. I know. I'm like, "I'm not. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. We'll see what happens." But I'm not doing that. If I die, I die I The die. Irony, I don't care. This the irony time. too. I don't want to ruin anything. But the irony was, it was very known that panthers in that area. We're known for attacking people in old stories that we we're being told. Yeah, which we didn't see any, but... Not a one. I wish we did No, pythons ate them. Saw bald eagle. Yeah, like f- right over us. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Out in the middle of nowhere. We did some night fishing while we were eating creme brulee. Um, getting destroyed. Yeah, yeah. We just got broken off. We're from Michigan, okay? We had a 100-pound test and got broken off like it was nothing. <laughs> But we had like eight bites. But we were using uh, um, catfish that we found in the marina that yeah. were dead and bloated. And I yeah. cut them off. I just like cut the head off and put it on the thing. We had – there was like a stretch of like f- f- maybe an hour where we had four or five bites. Yeah. It's crazy. Just shredding our lines. Yeah. It was awesome. It was really sweet. <laughs> that would neat. But oh. on that note, we've got – those are two great episodes that we're excited to share with you. Um, and uh, on top of that, I'd just like to remind you pretty soon we're going to be able to tell you the dates – but it's the second half, um, right after the second half. Like once you like halftime, if you were, hmm. if you did a football game, was there fifteen minutes in a quarter? Yeah. Yes. why weren't you out there fighting for fifteen minutes? Yep, yep. yep. That's what yep. it is. We got fifteen minutes left to glory. Okay. So if you were roughly five minutes into the third quarter of a, of a football game, that's about when you'd be checking out the Greenway Outdoors. So that's it's. I can't say I'm the date sure if I followed that. Good, because <laughs> hopefully they don't, because I'm not actually allowed that. to say. Yeah, if you can decipher that, that's roughly when the Green Bay Outdoors will be on the History nice. Channel. But um, we're excited to share these adventures with you. The production in them is incredible, and the storyline and everything we're doing in them, is uh, we're just really proud of it. And I've been grinding, putting together the rough edits on some episodes, and Brian and AJ Coming have been together. making them actually look good. And uh, I'm excited for it. We're excited to show it to you again the second half of this year. History Channel, check it out on top of that. We have a new podcast right here every week. If you are just listening to it on Spotify, iTunes, however you get your podcast, you can actually watch it on Carbon TV and YouTube because we like to add a video content and pictures and all kinds of neat little things. Plus, you get to see our ugly faces. On top of that, we have our outdoor education series known as how-to videos you can find on our website, thegreenmeoutdoors.com. And while you're there, check out our online series, The Huntcast, The Green Me Outdoors Huntcast on our website or Carbon TV as well. Thanks so much for tuning in. Stay green. Thank hey.